Welcome to Axis Pro Rata, where we normally take 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. But today we're doing a special five-part series on the coronavirus pandemic, which is changing our economy, our politics, and our way of life. I'm Dan Mack. This particular episode is focused on how COVID-19 is impacting China's global role and U.S.-China relations. And I am pleased to be joined by Axios's Bethany Allen Abraham. Bethany, China seemed to start by kind of bungling its response, but has now stepped into a leadership role. Can you briefly kind of outline what China did and didn't do? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was the middle of December when Chinese doctors in Hubei province started realizing that there was a, a mysterious pneumonia case that was appearing in some of their patients. And by December 27th, a local health commission knew about it. But on December 30th, local officials started a kind of a cover-up. They tried to stop doctors from talking about it. And even all the way up through January 23rd, 24th, in that whole time, there was just very half-hearted efforts to stop the spread. And the local officials weren't very honest about it up until around January 23rd, 24th, when they finally locked down the city of Wuhan. And so that gave the virus, you know, there was about three weeks there where there could have been strong measures put in place to prevent its spread. But because of a cover-up, because of a, a sort of a bungling of the response, it was allowed to spread. So that was the initial early mistakes. That's kind of a mirroring of what we saw here, too, to a certain extent. When you think of that time, you know, three weeks kind of complete inaction. I wonder what China did after that, where, as you say, they shut down the city. They basically quarantined huge numbers of people and and an all hands on deck. From your perspective, is that only possible in a place like China as opposed to the U.S. because of the type of government, basically an authoritarian government? It's just not something you can do here in the same way they did it there? I think that's not really the right sort of frame through which to view this. I think the question that we're looking for is, is it possible for the United States or for any democracy to have an effective response? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. So if you look at South Korea, for example, where they initially had a huge outbreak, you know, they have been able to keep it under control, start to reduce the number of new cases and sort of get things under control through extensive testing, 10,000 tests a day, which allow them to track every single case and do extensive self-quarantine. What we see in China, you know, we don't need to do measures like that. And let me also say that democracies are perfectly capable of taking dramatic measures when necessary during times of wartime. So I don't think that China's governmental system has any kind of advantage. And in fact, it was their system that failed in the very beginning. However, that does not mean that the U.S. actually is putting forward a a good response. Talk about the role, the global role that China is now playing in terms of trying to help other countries. And, And for lack of a better term, kind of fill that leadership vacuum that the U.S. seems to have abdicated when it comes to this? What China's doing, or really we should say they're making a nascent bid to do, is to fill that void. Their propaganda apparatus is celebrating, you know, Beijing's role in sharing its information and its leadership with the world on the coronavirus. They have started making statements about donating masks, selling masks to countries in need like Italy and you know, giving them protective gear, exporting diagnostic swabs, this kind of stuff. So it is nascent. They're just starting to do it. And that's because, you know, their epidemic is still quite bad, but it is getting better. So it's freeing up sort of some national energy, if you will, to start addressing the rest of the world. My personal opinion is that we, someone needs to do it. And if the U.S. isn't going to do it, then I'm happy for someone to do it. 
there seems to be within China, particularly when say, some of these makeshift uh, hospitals are, are getting to be abandoned or taken down, that there is this, as you talked about, the kind of this surge of national pride. This came, we are fighting it, we are succeeding, we are winning. There's kind of that V or a U. Could you foresee the same thing happening here? Is there anything specific about China outside of the fact that they seem to be dealing with it better than we are dealing with it? I mean, I think that there's the narrative in China is really complex. There is an enormous amount of anger among, you know, just normal Chinese people at the fact that there was a, yet again a cover-up. You know, they went through this very severely with SARS in 2003, where there was a huge cover-up. And so, you know, the Chinese government should have learned. And I think that many Chinese people feel very angry and distrustful of what the government is telling them. Although I think that there is, as you said, a growing sense that maybe they are past the worst of it. In the U.S., you know, we're so far behind that. You know, people here are still trying to get others in communities to take it seriously. Only yesterday did many states start closing their school systems. It feels like a very late response. And we're not testing widely. We're still not testing widely. You know, and that doesn't really seem to be changing. So there, you know, right now, I think the sense among people who have been following this closely is one of great alarm. Thanks to Bethany Allen Abraham for joining us and to my producer, Tim Shovers, Naomi Shaven. For more information, please check out the other coronavirus related podcasts we post today, each just five minutes long, and also Axios.com for a special coronavirus focused package that includes Bethany's piece on China. China. 